Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. My name is Tim Barton. For those of you who don't know, I'm the pastor of Family Ministries here at the Vine. Just quick, brief, I mean, anytime Pastor John is out, I'd just like to say, please be praying for he and Lizanne. They're on vacation. Um, Just pray they'll have a a great time together this week in time of refreshment. I want to start with asking you a question today. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have any of you in this room or online, have any of you ever faced a challenge in your life? Laughter was the appropriate response. The reality is all of us have faced challenges in our lives. And when, we, when, we, when a pastor asks questions like that, it'd be normal for us to be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> or like um, we would say when I was a teenager, well, duh. You know, that kind of thing. That's, that's a normal response because challenging situations are part of life. They're part of what we face um, in this life. And if we wanted to, I told the first service this, and there were less people here in the first service. Um, just, just in the first service alone, if we wanted to, we could just spend the rest of the day and share about the challenges we faced in our lives, and we could be here till nighttime and not be done. I'll say the same to you. And we do need to share those things. I don't, I don't want to minimize that because it is important. That's part of walking together. And we're not going to do that today, though. I'm not going to ask you to stay here all day and share the challenges you faced. Instead today, I think it's also important that we know how to face challenges. How are, how are we to face those challenges um, in our lives? I believe that's what Paul is doing in the second part of his greeting to Titus. Paul is writing a letter to Titus. Um, it is a book entitled Titus um, in the New Testament. Um, and, and we're today looking at the second part of the greeting. Last week, Pastor John looked at the first three verses, and in that we saw um, God's calling for Paul and then God's work for Paul and the ramifications that that work had. But today, um, I want us to just not skip over this greeting. You know, that's kind of what we do normally, right? If If you've read the Bible, you get to one of these letters, you read it, and it's like, okay, yep, Paul, oh, yep, writing to Titus, okay, good, let's get on to what matters, Come on, please tell me somebody else does that. Yeah, okay. Um, that's, and, and, and I will tell you that in the past, even for me in studying these things, it's easy to do that, right? But we're gonna go back and we're gonna look at verse four today. And we're only gonna look at one verse. It's very abnormal for me, but we're gonna look at one verse today, uh, verse four of Titus chapter one. And we're gonna do that because as we continue our series, Grace for Living, I want you to see today that Paul is preparing Titus to face a very challenging situation. And in the way that Paul prepares prepares Titus, I think it's relevant um, for us as well. So let's look to Titus chapter 1, verse 4. And I remind you that this is God's word. Paul writes, To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Now, what we need to know here, I just mentioned, Titus is facing a challenging situation, and that's actually going to be our first point this morning, is a challenging situation. Um, It's drawn from the context of the whole letter to Titus, 
all three chapters. Um, and then, and so we're going to look at that, see this challenging situation. Then we'll come back um, for our second point and see how to face the challenging situation. But I, I want you to understand what Titus is dealing with here. Paul tells him um, in verse five of chapter one to, that, that Paul left Titus at, on Crete, the island of Crete. And he told him he left him there um, for the purpose of going around to each town of appointing elders and putting things into order. Right? That's, that's what he was supposed to do, each town, each church, appointing elders and putting things um, into order. Now we say that, and on paper, that doesn't seem like too big of a job. Doesn't seem too difficult, right? But if you've ever been in church leadership, on a church staff, volunteered in a church in any way, um, I want you to look around the room a minute. Look at all these people in here. We're all different. We have different opinions. We have different ideas. We have different thoughts. Guess what? Just alone, what Paul's asking um, Titus to do right here, it's not easy um, because we all come from, we all have different things about how we want to see things done. And so just that alone was a hard task that, that Paul is asking Titus to do. Go put these things in order. But that's compounded by the fact that he's working in a place where Gentiles and Jews were becoming Christians. Both were becoming Christians. And we talked about this at the end of our Acts series a couple weeks ago, um, that this was a new thing for Gentiles and Jews and becoming believers. And, and a lot of things were being mixed together now and, and trying to figure out what this looked like. They, they were working through a lot of these things. and They were having a lot of struggle because of it. John told us some of them last week, he told us some of these people were legalistic, making up rules or saying, you got to follow my rules, you got to do this. Some of them were like, well, nope, do whatever. As long as you believe in Jesus, you can do whatever you want to and sin freely. John showed us last week that both of those things were wrong. I'm not going to go back into that today. But Paul's telling Titus, go put things into order. It's kind of like when I'd walk into my boy's room when they were younger. They, they still like to build with Legos. But when I'd walk in their room, you know what happens when a bunch of Legos are collected. Eventually those things get broken, whatever they made gets broken down and they all go in like this big Tupperware bin, right? Sounds pretty normal. Well, it's like walking, in the, walking into the room and it's like, okay, put all these Legos into order. Well, at least they're in the same box. But it's putting chaos into order. Paul's walking into this and it's like, You've got Gentiles, you've got Jews, you've got all this stuff going on. Put this into order. Well, at least they all know they're Christians. Where They're in the same box. We're starting somewhere. That's the situation going on here. In the directions Paul gives Titus, though, throughout the book, we see that it's even worse than that. And so I'm going to walk you through a couple of things. I'm not going to go into detail on this because we're going to preach through this book over the next few weeks. Um, but I'm going to, I want to lay out a little bit so you understand even more of what's happening here. And I'm just going to tell you the cliff notes. So if you are a person who likes to take notes during a sermon, you're going to be frustrated for just a moment because I'm going to go through this pretty quick. Um, I'm going to, and I'll share the verses. If you really want them, we'll come back to them in the next few weeks. If you really want what I lay out here, just email me and I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, so here's the directions. Paul tells Titus, chapter 1, verse 10, silence those who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers. Verse 11, silence those who are teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Verse 12, 
rebuke those who are liars, evil beasts, and gluttons. Verse 16, rebuke those who profess to know God, but their works actually deny that they know God. In fact, they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. So here's a young guy in ministry, right? <laughs> and his mentor is telling him, go face, the, go face these false things going on among the churches and the culture at Crete. But he keeps going. He doesn't even stop there. So you go to chapter two, because in addition to that, Paul tells Titus that Titus needs to teach sound doctrine, chapter two, verse one, that Titus needs to be a model of good works, chapter two, verse seven, that Titus needs to show integrity, dignity, and sound speech and teaching in chapter two, verse eight, and that Titus is to declare the grace of God, exhorting and rebuking with all authority and letting no one discard him, disregard him in chapter two, verse 15. And then he keeps going in chapter three. One more, three, verse one. Titus is supposed to remind the believers to be submissive to rulers and authorities and be obedient. That might be the hardest one. Because he's not just talking here about the rulers and authorities within the church. He's saying be submissive to the rulers and authorities and be obedient. Be ready for every good work. Speak to teach them to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. You know, some of us complain about our job descriptions, right? That's a tough job description. That's a lot that Paul has asked Titus to do. And in every situation, it requires Titus to confront others, but not just confront others, but to do so in a very pastoral and caring way. It requires him to stand up for truth, but it also requires him to stand up for grace. And it requires him to continue to grow as he faces these challenges. And so we've already said it, we even laughed about it in some sense, that, that we all face many challenges. And I want to pause for a minute and say some people become Christians, become followers of Jesus, because they hope either internally, because we have this desire for things to be made right, for things to all be made new, and they will be in heaven but in either, either from an internal thing or from being falsely taught, they hope that being a follower of Jesus will fix or take away all of their problems or challenges. I was talking to a friend this week facing a major challenge in his life. And he said, Tim, God will be glorified. We just don't know how he'll be glorified. That comes from years of walking with the Lord, of seeing God at work again and again and again. For Titus, as Paul gives him this assignment, through Titus, God will be glorified. But he might be glorified as the people of Crete listen and follow the instructions God's given through Titus and Paul. Or God might be glorified through the people turning on Titus and the people lying and deceiving others about Titus. Or God might be glorified through even worse than that. We don't know how God will be glorified, but we know that ultimately he will. The question is, 
in the process, how does he call, how does he call us to face the challenges in our life? And so in this simple greeting in verse four, and this will be our second point, we see a reminder about how to face the challenge. Paul's greeting to Titus gives us insight and it, gives, and it serves as a reminder of, of how to do this. And there's two things that we need to remember, I think, that we can see from this greeting. First is that we remember whose we are. This is going to sound really, really simple as we walk through this. And yet, it's the thing we need to practice and grow in over and over and over again. So first, remember whose we are. First part of verse 4 says, To Titus, my true child, in a common faith. Paul's making a clear point here that he and Titus are bonded together. And what, what, what created that bond? Well, he's causing a true... And true, the, the meaning of true is what you would think it would mean. It's a, it means a, a genuine, real, legitimately born, lawfully begotten type relationship. So he calls him a true child. Um, the child part of this is the word technon. That means nothing to most of you. Here's why it's important. It refers to a natural birth, and it's a term denoting closeness and tenderness as a result of the bond between a parent and a child. And so, like when you see a parent holding a new baby and caring for a new baby, or you see a parent comforting a child that's, that's sad, that's crying, that's the type of closeness and tenderness that this, this word child denotes. And so when you put those two things together, as Paul also did to Timothy, when he talked about Timothy, he said, called Timothy my true child in the faith. And he talked about Onesimus. Um, he, Onesimus was the, the slave that Paul was writing to Philemon about. When he talks about Onesimus, he calls Onesimus my child Onesimus, whose father I became in prison. I'll come back to what I was going to say in a moment. Um, we, when we lay all that out there, we know that Paul was not related to these others or to Titus. Some of you may not know that, but just to be very clear, Paul wasn't related to them. In fact, Paul, Paul says often that he was a Jew, um, that he was um, from Judaism, his former life in Judaism. Um, we know in Galatians 2 that Titus was a Greek. So they're, they're not in any way, shape, or form physically related. But when you put these words together, this, this true and this child, this combination demonstrates that Paul has a deep feeling, deep bond toward Titus, towards his spiritual son. And he emphasizes that Titus was a legitimate son, a true follower of Jesus, whom he cared for deeply. Paul had spent a ton of time with Titus. Titus became a believer through Paul's preaching, but then Paul continued to pass on the gospel to him. And God changed Titus through that. It gave him a deep, deep bond, but ultimately it was because they were united in, the next thing we see in that phrase, they were united in a common faith. What is that faith? We see it summed up later in this letter. Um, I, think that's, I think that's what Paul's doing later in the letter in chapter three, verses four through seven. This is the faith that they held in common. They believe this, 
that when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. What was the common faith? The common faith wasn't about what they had accomplished. The common faith was that they were both broken, that they were both sinners, that they knew that about themselves. God had shown them that, and then God had drawn them from that into new life in Jesus. God had saved them both, not because of what they had done, but because of his mercy. Paul and Titus, what was their common faith? They both belonged to Jesus. They both knew they were beloved sons as they trusted what Jesus had done for them. Not trusted in what they could do for themselves. There were a lot of things they didn't know walking into the challenges they faced. And you see this throughout Paul's life if you read the book of Acts. You read these different letters. Paul walked into a lot of crazy things. Titus here was doing the same. So a lot of things they didn't know, but what they did know was they remembered whose they were and that that was important, that was vital, that was the key for them, the place to start as they face challenges. Is that where we start when we face challenges? Not usually. Usually, we run around in our own strength trying to figure it out. Usually, we work real hard to get it all worked out, and then all of a sudden we realize, I can't do this. God, where are you? Will you help me? But this is saying, we need to start there. If you're not a follower of Jesus, it's the only real place to start. Because it's the only place you're going to find your real identity, your real rest, your real peace. And then followers of Jesus, we kind of treat it like, well, we start there and then we just move on. No, we need to come back to it again and again and again and again. I would challenge you, we need to start every day with this. Whose are you? Every time my, my father hangs up after talking with my children. And we've not lived near them physically um, very much since we've had children. But every time he hangs up with them, he's discipling them a little bit. He's passing on grace to them a little bit. Because you know what he says? He says, all right, remind me whose you are. Who are you? I'm a child of God, deeply loved because of what Jesus has done for me. We need to come back to that over and over and over again. It doesn't fix the problem, but it puts us in the right place to begin to walk through the challenge and through the problem. Paul's greeting finally also reminds us to remember who gives grace and peace. This will help Titus face the challenge ahead. Um, it also will help us. And then you see this in the second part of verse four. Grace and peace from, 
God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Savior. I was reminded yesterday, um, I, I, I would say I learned this in seminary, but I'm going to say I heard this in seminary because I had to be reminded of it yesterday, so I didn't really learn it. Um, I, I was reminded yesterday that the reason for this greeting, grace and peace, um, is pretty unique. So the, the word used here, grace, comes from a, a derivative of the, of the Greek word that is used as a greeting in Greek. The word used for peace is a Jewish word. What, anybody know what that is? Shalom. And so what Paul is doing here, every time he's writing this, you see Paul use this over and over and over again. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, but he says it constantly, grace and peace. That is, there's a reason. Now, those words mean much deeper things that we develop later, in, in, um, but this grace and peace is an indication that, hey, these Jews and these Greeks, they're supposed to be together. And I'm going to address them as such because this is how it's supposed to be. This wasn't an accident. And so Paul, I think, is, is indicating to, to Titus, reminding him, Titus, the challenges that you are facing, the things that the church is going through, it's supposed to be this way because these are supposed to be coming together. This isn't a mistake. And so what you're facing on the island of Crete, yep, it's real. Those challenges are real. But don't try to remove the challenges to find grace and peace. Instead, remember the grace and peace you're looking for, the grace and peace you need to face the challenges comes only through God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. This is what Titus learned as the grace was passed on to him by Paul. And we need people in our lives, and, and, and we need to do this for others, um, to, to pass on this grace and to remind one another that the grace and peace we need is only through God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Why? Why do we need that? Because we are all, everyone in this room, are prone to look to other things to find our grace and peace. You want to know what that is? can play the fill-in-the-blank game. You know, you used to play, we used to do that all the time in school. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior or grace and peace from happiness in my marriage or grace and peace from my kids are doing well or even grace and peace from my kids are walking with the Lord. Or great, anything we fill in there, we need to be reminded, we need to go back. Grace and peace comes only from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. What all this mean for Titus? Well, the way to face challenges in this life for Titus was to remember that he was a child of God, deeply loved because of God's mercy not because of anything he had done to deserve it. It's vital. It's vital as, we, as he's preparing to face the challenge that we're going to see in this book that we looked at a little bit a minute ago. Do you remember the outline of Titus that Pastor John showed us last week? And Devin, can you put that up for us? 
The outline is in chapter one, we're going to see grace protects. Chapter two, grace is passed on. And chapter three, grace is practiced. Paul's preparing Titus here, and it seems so simple, right? But he's preparing Titus because if, if Titus doesn't get this, remembering that he's a child of God, deeply loved because of God's mercy, not because of anything that he had done to deserve it, then here's what could happen. If he thought he deserved God's mercy, then instead of grace protecting that we'll see in chapter one, what we might see instead is that Titus in pride and arrogance would destroy, would blast, as we say today, would put on notice all these others. Chapter two, if, if Paul thought, or if Titus thought that he deserved God's mercy, if he didn't understand that it was only through God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior, then instead of lovingly passing on grace to others, We'll see in chapter that, that we'll see in chapter two, he might think that he's more righteous than others, that he's, put it in our terms, he's better than them. He's, he's a better person than them. He's better lived a better life than them. So he's better. And you see in, in, in chapter three, we're gonna see, you know, if, if he thought he deserved God's mercy, he didn't remember that he was a child of God, deeply loved by God's mercy alone, that instead of grace being practiced and lived out in good works that we're going to see, he, and now we, will be engaged in foolish controversies and quarrels that are unprofitable and worthless. When we don't remember whose we are, when we don't remember that the grace and mercy and peace come only from God the Father through Christ Jesus our Savior. We're going to struggle with grace for living. We're going to struggle with, with facing the challenges in this life. We're going to struggle with passing this grace on. And so I want to leave you today with this. Do you approach every day? You know what? I'm not even going to ask that question. I don't even want you to start there. Will you? Will you approach every day, every moment, every breath, every situation, every challenge? Will you start trying to approach those by starting to come back and remember, okay, whose am I? And then ask God for the grace and peace needed to face this challenge. I'll make it even easier, because in the middle of the day, sometimes that can be really hard, right? <laughs> when, you're in the, when the challenge is right in front of you. Will you start each day by asking God to help you remember whose you are in Jesus. And then ask him for the grace and peace needed for the day. God promises to give us what we need when? Today. 
we are very prone to think about what we need tomorrow and the next day and next year and five years from now and 10 years from now. And the planning is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's places in scripture that talk about planning. But here's the point. What he promises to give us is what we need for the day. What we need above everything else. It doesn't always feel this way. But what we need above everything else is to remember whose we are and to remember that this grace and peace comes from the Father and the Son, and we see in other places in Scripture through the work of the Spirit making those things real. So will you ask him day by day? I'm going to give you a few moments right now to do that. Um, And then after you've had a few moments of quiet, just to reflect on that, to ask him to do that, um, then I'll close us in prayer. Lord, even as we reflect on this, Lord, I'm just struck that we hear these things and it's easy to think, yeah, but how does that really help me? How does that help me face what's before me right now? Lord, I ask for your grace and your peace on behalf of this congregation. And Lord, I ask that you would be tender. And Lord, that as we learn to do this together, as we learn to remind one another of whose we are, as we learn to walk in obedience to you, Lord, that while we may not feel it or see it today of how this helps, Lord, that you would be strengthening your people as we walk forward in faith, asking you to teach us these things. Lord, we believe. Help us in the places of our unbelief. Grow your people, we pray. And I'd ask that you'd minister to each one of them where they are right now. 
in this moment for your glory. And Lord, help us to learn to come back again and again to whose we are and learn to pass it on, this grace to others. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.